Good People, Cool Things is a podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. Get inspired by their stories to do your own cool thing. And here's your host, Joey Held. Well, hey there. Welcome to Good People, Cool Things. Today's guest is Sadie Higgins, the founder and CEO of Gleam, which isn't even her first business. Sadie's had experience starting multiple businesses. She's an entrepreneur at heart, and we're talking all about what that life looks like. We've been having to do a lot of shifts, a lot of changes, a lot of updates, a lot of pivots. My basketball training, staying on the pivot foot, really coming in handy with life nowadays. Literally the day before the lockdown, Sadie had the idea that would eventually turn into Gleam. So we're talking about how that's evolved over two years, what the next steps in the business look like for her, as well as working while she's got three young kids at home while her husband is in the midst of renovating their house and she's living with her sister-in-law. Sometimes that sounds like people running around where you're trying to focus and concentrate. And we're getting a taste of that on this episode because that's how life is in this fun pandemic world that we find ourselves in. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can reach out joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at GPCT Podcast. And we're talking about writing a book in this episode. I just wrote one. It came out in October of last year. It's called Kind But Kind of Weird, Short Stories on Life's Relationships, and it has gotten rave reviews. So you can head on over to the goodpeoplecoolthings.com website and pick up your copy from your favorite bookstore of choice. For now, let's hop into this conversation with Sadie. For people who don't know who you are, what kind of businesses you've done, can you give us your elevator pitch, but can you also tell us the type of elevator that you're riding on? Oh, I, you know, I always love a glass elevator. They're kind of scary, but they're also just so cool that you can see anything. Oh, I said scary and Siri popped up. Siri's always so willing to help. (laughs) Um, yeah, a large glass elevator, like kind of like the ones you see in a mall, but I don't want to be in a mall right now. So, you know, maybe outside in a cool place. Um, I have had a few businesses in my lifetime. Um, when my son was born about seven years ago, I started my first business called pluck and it was an on-site on-site brow shaping service, um, for companies in and around the Boston area. And it was awesome. It was really fun. I had three kids during that time span. And so it just gave me enough of freedom to work when I wanted to and to kind of have my own space when I, when I wanted to as well to, to help raise the kids. And, um, you know, I created that to, um, to perhaps franchise at some point, I created a training manual, but because my time was largely focused on raising children, um, I just kept it as is and really just me, but, um, it was set up as a legit business and, um, I I was eventually going to be training some people. And then this little thing called COVID hit. So that happened (laughs) and I was thinking about an idea, um, in the tech space, Uh, right before COVID hit. And I met with a developer who was a friend of a friend and he was really lovely. And we chatted for a while and I started moving forward with this idea. And the next day, Boston was on lockdown for coronavirus. Um, So I thought, wow, I have all this time to work on a business, which is laughable because when you're home on lockdown with three children and a husband, time means nothing. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but I went ahead with it. And at the time it was called Palanca and Palanca was essentially 
an online card that all your friends and loved ones could um, fill out and send to um, a significant other. Um, And that could also be in the form of an actual physical book. Um, So it was a way to get people to sign a card and add pictures and photos and videos um, from around the world and send it to someone in one fell swoop for a special event. Um, It was a really cool, nice idea. It felt good. There was no real way to make money with it. So I started thinking of other ideas and pivoting. And that led into another idea because as I'm working on this business full-time with all the kids home, my husband's working on renovating her house. I'm living with my sister-in-law who became head of two ICU floors um, for COVID in a major Boston hospital. Life was chaotic. I was not remembering most things in life. Um, And one of them was birthdays and anniversaries. And so I let birthdays slip by without sending gifts to really important people in my life, namely my godson and a couple of my nieces. Um, And so I thought, you know, this is great for busy people who need to be reminded of a loved one's birthday or anniversary. They can get a notification and curated gift suggestions for those events based on what they really like. And so as I started pivoting and working on this idea, I'll be real quite, I'll be quite honest. We started with Amazon because it was an easy way to just quickly send out links and it just didn't sit well with me. I wasn't even, I really wasn't sleeping at night. It just felt kind of icky. <laughs> and so it quickly turned into, I want to do this for small businesses because small businesses, as we know, were really hurting across the country during the pandemic. And so, um, so I started looking into the, the coolest small businesses I could find, um, focusing on eco-friendly um, and sustainable goods as much as possible. So that idea turned into Gleam. And that is what I currently have right now. And in your small business research, because I agree, I think, I mean, I use Amazon a lot. I'm not going to lie, but I agree. I think supporting small businesses is always very important. And especially like, I I think you can have more fun with it too. So how did that process look like of of partnering with small businesses and finding ones to, to send out? Research. You know, I think, I think we, I think we are very good at, oh, it's someone's birthday. Okay. What does a 12 year old like (laughs) you go from there? So I was looking into the, you know, best gifts for seven-year-olds, the best gifts for babies, um, but from small businesses or eco-friendly or sustainable. So all these Google searches led me to some really cool companies. And then I contacted, um, you know, the owners of these really cool companies and chatted with them about what we were doing and, um, and they were happy to come aboard. Um, and then some of that too was, you know, we make money on affiliate links. And so I joined a few affiliates and I just searched through the affiliate links to try to see if there were any great finds throughout that process as well. Um, but I think that's the best part of what I've been doing is connecting with small business owners. Um, it's kind of like a play within a play. You know, I'm a small business owner as well. And so <laughs> chatting with them, we had a lot of the same struggles um, and the same goals. And so we kind of became a team and working together 
So it's been a really cool process. And Amazon has its place. I'm not dissing Amazon. But for a birthday, when you want something special, when you want something thoughtful, when you want someone to feel um, and, and put the thought into the way you feel about them, um, I think it's best to go with something like this, like a small business. And unless, of course, they just have to have that Nintendo Switch. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's something very specific like that. Um, but Amazon's great for, you know, home goods and whatnot and, you know, toiletries and all of that. Um, but it just didn't sit well with me to base a business off of that when I could be supporting small business owners. And Amazon always good for the Q4 Discover 5% cash back. That's when I'm doing the bulk mm. of my Amazon shopping. I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. Getting money back. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful times. Oh, love money back. <laughs> and in, <laughs> in a related vein, you mentioned doing some affiliate link research, which I'm a big proponent of affiliate links as well, especially, I, well, I should say really only if you are a fan of the product that you're promoting. Like I wouldn't yes. use an affiliate link for, I don't know, eyebrow wax or whatever, you know, something that I, I have no familiarity with or anything like that. In your research, I could tell you stuff about well, that. Let's let's, uh, <laughs> let's go down that route, uh, perhaps with the next question. But for sure. for affiliate links in particular, you mentioned you tried out a few different um, a few different avenues for that. Was there one that you liked more than another? For affiliate links, um, yes. So there was one affiliate company I, we do work with, um, and I honestly I can't even remember the name because we have one company who signed up with with this specific affiliate um, service. And I didn't love that you couldn't track who was clicking on what links, how many people were clicking on it. They didn't have a lot of um, statistics. And I'm all about statistics when it comes to business. Um, so I didn't love that, but I worked with Impact um, and I really liked that. And Share a Sale is just one of the mega ones that's really easy and a ton of companies sign up with that. And, and that's been great to work with too. So those three are the major ones that we've used, but Impact and... Um, Impact Radius and Share a Sale are the two that we really want with. Love it. Love it. And we were talking before we started recording, before the Zoom lady told us we've been. <laughs> our she was nice this time. Yeah, she was very friendly. That you're actually kind of in the midst of a pivot for the business. So COVID already kind of having you pivot one business yeah. and now two years into the pandemic, pivoting another. What does that look like so far? Oh, it's very stressful sometimes. <laughs> it's such a my third pivot because I went from pluck, which just stopped. I mean, it just had to, there was a standstill. There's no way to socially distance someone's brows. Um, so that just stopped completely. And then with Polanka having that business for a year and realizing there's no real way to, you know, make this financially successful with what it is pivoting then to a almost a completely different business at that time. Um, and then now pivoting out of um, stopping and thinking about what the company means and what the company means to me. And um, when you start a business, sometimes you're like, wow, I had this great idea. I'm going to go for it. And I'm notorious in my life for jumping right in. I, I'm not afraid of jumping into new things. But in that, there's some haste. <laughs> you know, I, I, I should, I should have stopped at some point to really monitor: Do I want to spend the next five to ten years of my life doing this minimally, in order for it to be at a place 
where I could walk away if it was financially appropriate to do so. And with Palanca, I loved that business because it was actually something I used to do in, you know, high school and junior high when we were involved in church retreats and people would give you just a stack of these beautiful letters called Palancas from your loved ones. And you just got to sit and read all these really thoughtful things that people had said about you. And it's a wonderful moment to kind of connect to your family and friends. Um, It felt really great. And I just thought at that point, if I'm doing something that feels great, money will come, but the money wasn't coming with it. And I couldn't find a way to make it financially feasible to continue to do that. Now that was only a year, but I think that's a good marker to stop and assess where have I come from? Where am I going? And I knew that wasn't going to be uh, a great business plan moving forward. So when I thought of this new idea, Gleam, I kind of jumped into it because now, you know, this is also personal too, Joey, but have you ever heard of something called hurry sickness? I don't know if I have. It's not really something you can diagnose, but it is a phrase. It's a term that's used for people that are always on the go. People that always need to be busy. People that make up deadlines in their heads that just you just constantly need to rush around. And I realized in this past year or so, that's me. I have to be doing something at all times. There's not a lot of downtime. There's not a lot of relaxing. Everything's high energy. What's next? What's next? What's next? And so in that, I realized when it comes to, when it came to starting another business, I was like, I'm in the middle of something. I had this idea. It was a great idea, but now I've learned all this stuff about being in the tech space. I can still be in the tech space. How am I going to stay in the tech space? Okay. I have this problem. I think I can solve this for people. Okay. Let's move on to this new thing instead of stopping to say, okay, that idea didn't work. You don't have to do something right this second. You can take some time. You can think about what you're going to do for the next five or 10 years in the next five or six weeks instead of the next five five or six days. So in starting Gleam, it was a wonderful idea. And I still think it's a great idea. And I still think the future of shopping is going to be sustainable. I still think that the future of shopping is going to be an Amazon that is sustainable and small business friendly. Do I want to stay in that space and spend a lot of time and money into creating something like that? I'm not sure because you have to have a big team and you got to have some some big dough behind you in order to tackle a big project like that. So I stopped at the end of the year to assess what Gleam was, how Gleam was doing. Gleam was growing. Um, Gleam is, is making some headway. Um, people like the idea, just not enough people like the idea. And we are only making money on affiliate links. So that's great if you have a ton of users, right? It's not a subscription base. It's if somebody likes what they see and they click on that and they purchase it, we make some money off of that. And it's a small percentage, usually around 10%, um, which is about as high as it goes. So in stopping, um, to assess and, and pausing on my social media manager, my developer, my PR agent, it felt really good. It felt really good to, instead of push every single day to move forward with something I wasn't 
100% sure about, especially really solo. It was me and a developer working on this. Um, it felt good to pause. What is this next pivot going to be? Does it make sense? Does it make sense for my life? And does it make sense for the good of the world? Because I don't want to just create something to create something. I want it to feel good. And I want it to be community-based. And I want it to make sense for the global community. You kind of alluded to this during the pandemic of having three kids and a husband while also navigating running a business. And I think throughout throughout the podcast, I think we, your kids are making an appearance every once in a while. We can oh for sure. Get, uh, <laughs> so they're they're helping they're helping with this appearance. Uh, do you also have them help out with the business, or how do you navigate being a mom and wife with running a business? So it's really cool. Um, it's that part has been amazing, and and you know. Um, I actually, I, I did a very candid video on Instagram a long time ago, very vulnerable, um, you know, about failing as an entrepreneur. Well, nothing is a failure. If you're trying and you're doing something um, to move forward, you're constantly learning. And that's what these past few years have been wonderful, even though they've been very challenging. And one of those is because of my kids, because, you know, one's peering around right now, looking at who I'm talking to and smiling and laughing. <laughs> um, and they're also asking questions. So when I did a headshot for my LinkedIn profile and for my about me, um, I got a ring light and I had an old um, Canon camera and my son took the photo for me instead of paying, you know, $500 or someone out to a photographer, my son took the shot. And now he gets to say he took mommy's headshot. Um, they've asked me what an ROI means because they hear me talking about it. <laughs> um, they ask me questions about the business. They know what it takes because they've been here. They've seen me do a lot of this and they'll be on calls with me sometimes. Um, you know, I, I'm a part of a bunch of business groups, a lot of them for women, and they'll, you know, sit and talk to me. There was a woman who said something about um, she creates Get, uh, personalized gift wrapping um, paper and also wraps gifts for people. Very professional, beautiful looking wrapping paper. And my son said, mom, you should pair with her. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and he, you know, so my kids are listening, they're watching and it's invaluable um, for them to, to see that and witness that. Um, and this, so they've definitely been a part of it. They've been a part of some of the reels I've done on Instagram. Like I said, he's, he's taken the picture for me. They're in meetings. One is playing with my head as we speak. So yeah. The, and it, and I love that we're in a time where that's okay, because that is part of my life. And, um, and it's hard to get around that, especially, like I said, my, um, we started a renovation right before the pandemic hit and, it got, it came to a complete halt. And so we've been living with my sister-in-law for two years. And so my husband works a full-time job in person. And right from that job, he goes straight to our house to work on the house and he's doing most of the work himself. So I really don't have a lot of childcare, especially during a pandemic. So they're constantly around. So having them be a part of it and, um, and people who I'm associating with and speaking with, knowing that that's okay is huge. And it's, I think it's huge for um, the future of employment and the way people do business. We're talking and before we started recording that over the past few months, you've been writing every day, working on a book. Can we get a scoop? What's the book about? <laughs> 
have um, I, I have a couple of ideas. So I'm writing kind of, remember how we talked about how you can't just write one book, you have to write two? Correct. So I'm kind of working on two at the same time because, um, you know, it's kind of what my life is going through right now. So one is a candid look at starting and operating businesses and what that looks like, especially during a pandemic. So it's going to be kind of about the past two years um, and what the pandemic has done for our lives and um, what that's going to look like in the future for us and, and how mental health has become a huge priority for people. Um, you know, I was getting migraines. That is, yeah, that's my daughter in heels walking around. She's three. Um, <laughs> it's a circus. Um, I, I get migraines often and um, with everything going on, it was getting them quite frequently. And so I downloaded an app and the app was basically about journaling and, um, and, and that has become hugely helpful in healing my headaches. I, I have gotten maybe two in the past six months where I was getting them like once a week. Um, so delving into um, mental health and, and, and I feel like when you say mental health, it's like, oh, you must be depressed. You must be really anxious, <laughs> you know, when it's really like we all have stuff. Everybody has stuff. And just working through that stuff and how you can make yourself better, but why you want to make yourself better, not just for you, but for the people around you. So talking about generational healing with mental health and um, and pivoting in business and um, working through businesses during a pandemic. Um, so, so pretty much memoirs, um, some short stories thrown in there, Joey. I know you like short stories. Love them. <laughs> I do. I do too. <laughs> um, but that was part of the thing too, is really stopping to assess, you know, since I was a kid, I mean, I used to read the, the dictionary as a child and I'm talking that big one that was like bound in brown leather and gold on the outside and like way more than a sofa. You know, I read those dictionaries when I was a kid just for fun. And I love to read and I love to write. And I think I you know, ran away from it for so long because it's terrifying. As you know, you're an author. Um, it's scary to put yourself out there. It's scary to go for your dreams. And I feel like in life, um, you know, when we're, we're thinking about businesses, when we're thinking about um, what it is that we want to do, a lot of that is money-driven and, um, and fear-based. And so getting rid of those things and, and moving forward without fear and without um, being so concerned about what money and when money is going to come has been pretty liberating. So those types of things will all be mentioned in the books to come. Looking forward to reading them. And in the meantime, I have to ask because I also enjoyed a good dictionary now and again i think for me it was probably more from a spelling side of things uh because i i love i mean i consider myself a good speller i was in the seventh grade spelling bee i got second place i mean that's really the peak peak of life right there and then <laughs> went and i uh, played the second half of a basketball game for our basketball team so a busy afternoon very uh, all that, around that <laughs> march march day or whenever i don't know um and i, I always remember i uh, Nimona ultramicroscopic silicovolcanoconiosis being one of my favorite words. I don't think I ever really wow. knew what the, the uh, definition was, but I remember my classmate and I had like a, the spelling of it on like our desks faced each other and we were like in a big row and we had like a piece of paper with the spelling on it and we'd just practice every day. And I don't know if she ever learned how to spell it, but 
I did. And I will oh, lord go for it. her forever. Uh, oh, no, I'm not going to spell it right now. I don't, I don't Do you need I a definition? That, but. Do you need it to be used in a sentence? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think I knew what it was, but it's like a lung disease. <laughs> and really, its biggest, its biggest claim is that it's like one of, if not the longest word in the English language. So all of this is a, a horrific prelude to, did you have a favorite word when you were reading the dictionary? The words um, I feel like had, that had the most impact on me were one of them was when I was very young, must have been probably five when I first started reading was sham because my maiden name was Sadie Sham. And when I looked up what sham meant in the dictionary, I was horrified. (laughs) I remember going to my parents and being like, are we fake? Are we real? Is this really our name? (laughs) Okay. You finally found that definition. Um, I remember being really proud of spelling elasticity when I was in sixth grade. And I mean, it's such an easy word to spell, but I thought it was so cool. I also remember misspelling environment. My dad showed up. I was in the middle of the spelling bee and he just made me nervous enough to forget the N and environment. (laughs) So I remember that word well. And titsy, like titsy fly, which is spelled T-S-I-T-S-I, I I believe. Um, Not at all like it sounds, but yeah, I remember being in the back of an English teacher's car on the way to the spelling bee going over words and saying, how do you even say this word? Yeah. Titsy. I haven't, I haven't thought about that in years. <laughs> I'm glad we're nerding out to the spelling bee. This is what, this is what we're here for. This is what the people come to listen to is dissecting individual words and their spellings. That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> I love it. Them what we want. I can't wait to hear their, their favorites. <laughs> yes, please. If you're listening, please share your favorite oh and onomatopoeia oh. is one of my favorite words Bam. to say and shenanigans or shenanigans nonchalance those are just fun to say i use shenanigans probably i'd say at least once a week in conversation it's fun so, shenanigans yeah, it's great and it's yeah it's so versatile i've got lots of lots of good things mm-hmm. all right well sadie you're almost off the hook but we always like to wrap up with a top three and for you what are your top three ways to be thoughtful knowing a person listening. If you want to be thoughtful, you have to listen to somebody and really listen and then remember what they said. That's probably the hardest part is listening and then remembering what they say. Um, I don't think it's hard to be thoughtful. I think you can do something as simple as pick up the phone and call someone or send a really nice text or really go to old stuff. If you really want to be thoughtful, send a letter that will completely make somebody's day. Um, and then another way to be thoughtful is uh, say out loud how you're feeling. You know, a lot of people think something and keep it inside and they don't say it to a person. And then, you know, years down the road, it's like, why didn't I say that? I should have said it. Or, you know, being kind, being thoughtful, as my husband always says, it don't cost nothing. <laughs> and it really does. You know, you really can just say something out loud to somebody that will make their day. But listening and really truly knowing a person um, sending something, it doesn't even have to be a gift, just a, a thoughtful text or phone call or letter card and, um, and saying out loud how you feel about somebody, even if it's some, as simple as, you know, Hey, like what you're wearing today, just make somebody's day. Fantastic. Well, Sadie, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. This was delightful, a great way. I mean, this won't air. So I, I probably shouldn't even say it, but this won't air is the first episode of the year, but it is the first recording of the year for good people cool things so well way to kick it off strong this is a good start yes. to the year thank you i appreciate it absolutely if people want to learn more about you 
they want to see all these reels that we've been talking about, where can they find you? Oh, okay. So um, I have reels at Sadie Sham Higgins on Instagram. So at Sadie Sham Higgins and at Gleam, G-L-E-A-M. Um, and the website is gleamgifts.com and um, and sadiesshamhiggins.com. And it's real. The sham the part, sham is, part real. is real. It's not a sham. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a sham. <laughs> you know, our, our um, when they my ancestors moved here from uh, Romania and Russia, they came in as Shampansky. So we could have been that, um, which actually means champagne. Yeah, I was going to say that kind of cool sounds, my sounds like New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so it's Yiddish for champagne, and um, and my birthday is New Year's Eve, so it kind oh, of wow. you know kind of is cool. Maybe it should be Sadie Champagne. Sadie Champagne would have been really cool. <laughs> Sounds like another business idea too. Uh, okay, let's let's get on it. You know, <laughs> a fourth business. Here we go. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Plenty of I'm time ready. for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, we always have to end with a corny joke, and I tried to even make it gift topical. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Who delivers presents to baby sharks at Christmas? Santa Jaws. Get after it today, people. That is very <laughs> cheesy, but I like it. I do like it. <laughs> Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 